Hey, everybody, and welcome to Save Your Sorry, the podcast where we discuss the rise and fall of your favorite or rather least favorite celebrities. I'm your co-host, Katrina Rochelle, here with my best friend and fellow co-host, Jose Angel. How are you today? I am wonderful. How are you? I am wonderful as well. Let's go with that. And look at us, the Wonder Twins. Hey, unite! (laughs) (laughs) So today is a Jose episode where he will talk about a person, a subject, a theme. So what do you have for us today? Today we'll be talking about the rise and fall of Justin Roiland. Does that name ring a bell? Um, oh, yes. Yes, it does, actually. Oh, he is probably best known for being co-creator and doing some voice acting on the show Rick and Morty. Yeah. Are are you a fan of Rick and Morty? I am a fan of Rick and Morty. I am slow to watch it, though, so I have not been caught up on the recent season that I don't think he was a part of, or he was. I'm Actually, I'm not even sure, but uh, I haven't watched the most recent thing. Yeah, so Rick and Morty has such a big following. And anytime I meet someone who's like a big fan of Rick and Morty, it doesn't surprise me. Like it's on brand for them. Hmm. What the fuck that mean? What the fuck that mean? <laughs> it's, it just means what it means. Oh, I'm not a big fan. Yeah, I wouldn't say I, you're. I'm a small fan. I wouldn't say I'm a fan by any means. I feel like that has to do more with me than the show. There's something about most animated adult shows where I just go and thinking it's stupid and I don't let myself enjoy it. And I got to say I'm okay with that. It's not made for me. Yeah, it's one of the things I love and hate about you. <laughs> like, I, mm, I don't like it, but that's okay. And I'm like, but I wanted you to. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't like it, but I don't hate it either. So it's just like, it's there. I also want to say, since we have gotten some feedback about it, just because I'm not that familiar with his work, that's not really an issue because this is not a review podcast. We're here to talk about some scandals, not about the show. Uh-huh. Or as Miranda Lambert would say, it, you know, we're here to sing some damn country music. <laughs> not taking no goddamn pictures in front of me during my set. <laughs> so let's get into it. Justin Roiland was born February 21st, 1980, making him a Pisces. And he was born and raised in California on an almond orchard, which Mm. is pretty cool. And Justin tells the story on a 2015 podcast called Harmontown, which is Dan Harmon's podcast, about when Justin was seven, his 13 or 14-year-old cousin performed oral sex on him, and he says he was raped. Damn. It's such an odd thing, because if you listen to the podcast, they're all joking around, and Justin kind of just says it, and the other guys kind of laugh it off and don't know how to take it. Yeah, it's that whole being like a like a writer, comedian, and, and comedy where you laugh off like extremely big, traumatic things. I guess. Yeah, that's how I took it, just how... He said it, and they kind of left it off. It was just like it's. it's I wonder though, is it kind of messed up though? Because what if he brought it up to actually talk about it? But to be fair, I mean, some people just don't know how to deal with that. But still, like sometimes you bring up things because they're on your heart, and so maybe he wanted a, a actual, like some not advice, but like some support. Maybe it it was a very weird podcast episode. All I know is that Justin kept saying that he wanted to like kill himself but he was afraid what was afterwards it was just very weird oh yeah that's some heavy shit yeah so he kind of just says that about his cousin and laughs it off and if you've seen some of justin's other stuff he has this like edgy weird humor it kind of falls into that category as well and he says it was real i looked on reddit and i saw some posts the ones I could find closer to 2015 seem to think he was joking, but more recent ones think he was being genuine. He also refers to her as his hot cousin, so it's a weird interaction uh, on the yeah. podcast, but maybe most likely true. And I didn't find anything else out of the ordinary for his childhood, just him growing up, working on the almond orchard, and him playing video games. And this might be a weird place to put this, but later you'll understand more. But trying to listen and watch interviews of Justin was just pure torture to me. (laughs) Why? I don't get his humor. And the podcast that I was listening to, they had a live audience that laughed after 
every word. And it was just very, it took me out of it. I can't even focus, but that's just me. I'm, mm. I'm sure a bunch of people will love it. If you like it, I love it. <laughs> See the live audience we needed right there to join me in that buckle. <laughs> so Justin would go to Modesto Community College. After college, he moved to LA and worked on a reality print show hosted by Ryan Seacrest called Ultimate Revenge. And he was a first of all, sorry, had to inject interject. This must have been that period of time where they were hiring Ryan Seacrest to do every fucking thing in the fucking world. <laughs> he was very young, so I don't know if this was like his beginning time since it was two thousand one. But yeah, oh, like- two thousand one, man, this man was doing was hosting even back then. Of course, he owns the world. <laughs> yeah, but Justin was working as a PA, and he worked mostly behind the scenes, but he would sometimes make appearances on camera. And he started to make a cartoon called Tiger Wizard Suitcase with his friends. The only problem was the cartoon was just for him and his friends. He didn't really have anywhere to distribute it. The positive of that was he was free to make it however he wanted. It was just a passion project. So he didn't, you know, there was no expectations. He didn't have to cater to the fans, nothing like that. Mm, Sounds like a good setup for what happens later. Yeah, I mean, it, it let him build those creative juices. Exactly. With a, without a lot of input at first, apparently. If you're just doing what makes you and your friends happy, I mean, you get a lot of free reign to do whatever jokes you want, illustrate the way you want, and you don't have to hear from nobody because it's just for you. Yeah, I think passion projects are always the best because you're never there to please everybody. Mm-hmm. That is 100% true. So while Justin is working on that stuff, Dan Harmon, who would later be co-creator of Rick and Morty, was the creator of the show Community. Did you watch Community? I tried. <laughs> I tried. Everybody said it was funny. There's a lot of people. And, like, pretty much I know everybody in Community except for the lead white girl. I, I did, I'm not really familiar with her work. But everybody else in Community I know and love just could not get the humor. I think I got two episodes in and I was like, mm, I'm okay. <laughs> so Dan starts a film festival with Rob Schraub. I think that's his name, Rob Schraub. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After they made a pilot called Heat Vision and Jack. You know what Heat Vision and Jack was about? Uh, I mean, tell me. <laughs> it starred Jack Black and Owen Wilson was his talking motorcycle. <laughs> and <laughs> for some reason, Fox decided to skip this pilot and they didn't want it. For for some reason, I mean, <laughs> maybe I would have had to see a trailer, but yeah, I was not sold on just that little blip you gave me. They said first of all, Jack gets to be Jack in the in the cartoon, and no, and this one the, is like real; it's not animated. That's even worse. <laughs> that's even worse. I don't know what what that was going to look like. I guess the pilot is out there; it has a cult following now. It. Again, it's not my type of humor, so I don't know if I would appreciate it, but maybe you would. I have to at least see it. <laughs> so, after not being picked up by Fox, Dan Harmon decides to create Channel 101. And the premise of Channel 101 is that people submit a short film under five minutes, the audience sees it and votes, and the top five shows get put on the website, and they can continue as long as they keep being in the top five. Uh. Did that make sense? I don't know why, but when I was reading about it, it seemed complicated to me at first. And it doesn't seem, I mean, I, I don't think it's that complicated, but I also think this is a lot of, um, you not really, what's the word I want to say? What I'm trying to say? I'm not of that world. No, no. Oh. Uh, they're not really putting in any works, so to speak. This is kind of you looking for your next big thing. Yeah. Without doing any work. Hey, if you want to, you can apply you getting on this website and bring traffic to my website to watch your shit. And if you stay in the top five, you can keep doing that shit, I guess. I ain't paying you. <laughs> well, it, it was, I guess, uh, the way they phrased it was it was a way to put the choice into the viewer's hands instead of in these executives' hands of what shows get to make it what don't. Yes, but there are executives behind this. It's yeah, <laughs> but I get it. I get what you're trying to say, and I'm being a little facetious, but that still is a little bit of them making creators do the work, though. 
So in 2003, Justin Roiland would start sending a short films, one called Friends to Lovers, another called Judas, and he had two girls, one cut the show, so not the viral horrible video we all had to watch for some reason. But the show, that premise, I don't even know what the premise is, but that just sounds funny. <laughs> two girls and one cup the show. <laughs> what happens after that moment in time? <laughs> but his breakout show that got four episodes was House of Cosby, an animated show about a fan of Bill Cosby who clones him using a piece of his hair. And he creates a house filled of Bill Cosby's. Oh, Lord. And this was before, you know, all those things about Bill Cosby came out. Yeah, before they came out. But we, so he, he after four shows, Bill got word of this, and his lawyer sent a cease and desist to Justin Roiland and Channel 101, so the show has to come to an end. Damn. Not you getting booted out the top, not because you were doing good. <laughs> they got offended. <laughs> it's just, you know, you can't use someone's likeness. Yeah. I get it. I see it phrased like this everywhere, but I don't know where he originally said it. But Justin was angry about the cease and desist. And the way he handled it was making a ripoff of Back to the Future so he can get another cease and desist. And he made the real animated adventure of Doc and Marty. This was the first incarnation of what would later become Rick and Marty. Marty. Okay. He would later make more pilots with these characters, but none of them were picked up. He mostly is making his living off now by doing voice acting. Justin was Earl of Lemon Drab in Adventure Time for 14 episodes. Were you a fan of Adventure Time? From the f- what I never tried to really watch Adventure Time seriously, but I saw a couple of clips and episodes and it was entertaining. Yeah, I kind of got into it because old girl in college loved it. That's what I, I haven't seen him forever. Yeah. He did the voice of Blendon Blandon for seven episodes on Gravity Falls. And he appeared in the Sarah Silverman program for eight episodes. So okay. that's some of his work. Around this time, Dan Harmon would be fired from Community as showrunner. Not to get into it now, but maybe include this in a backstage battle episode in the future. But he was fired. Chase thing? Yeah, he was fired for problems with actor Chevy Chase and sexually harassing a writer. <gasps> Why did I never know that second part? That second part came out years later, I think. So probably that's why. Oh, I tell you, they will bury some shit. <laughs> so Dan would move on to making his podcast and would later be approached by Adult Swim to make an animated show. Only problem is Dan's not really an animation guy. So he got his old pal, Justin, to come and make Rick and Morty. And that would premiere December 2nd, 2013. And Rick and Morty has very high reviews. It's been nominated and won several times for awards. Best animated series in different award shows. And Justin would also create another show called Solar Opposites. I believe it's on Hulu. Yes. I watched the first uh, season of that. I, I kind of liked it. <laughs> I kind of liked it. So that is a little background for how Justin rose to fame, the same fame he would use to meet some of his future victims. Oh, no. Of course. So the first cracks in Justin's image came in January 12, 2023. NBC was the first to report on old Justin allegedly having a problem keeping his hands to himself. He was facing charges of domestic violence on a former girlfriend who chose to stay anonymous. So he was charged with one felony count of domestic violence and one felony count of false imprisonment. So this was all coming to light in 2023, but it actually happened in 2020. Uh The timeline is the incident occurred January 19th, 2020. A criminal complaint was filed May of 2020. August 2020, he was arrested and released on a $50,000 bond, pled not guilty on October 2020, and then had more than a dozen court appearances. I don't know what was holding up the trial, but three years before a trial seems kind of long. But it's still very hush-hush. We don't get a lot of details. We know Jane Doe had a restraining order until October 2023. And we know that the evidence includes police body camera footage, police reports, medical reports, and interviews. 
And Justin, through his lawyer, does deny the allegations and claims his innocence. But once that report of domestic violence comes out, it opens the floodgates for other people to come forward with their experience with him. January 12, 2023, a Twitter user with their handle at, I think it's Arlo Cardo. I don't, I don't know. Arlo Cotto wrote, Justin has a track record of using social media to hit up and exploit vulnerable people and minors, and I believe this is an open secret in the industry. He used my sexual trauma and my love for Ram to groom me, and I'm just one of so many. I'm so glad this is public. They then show a screenshot showing they had talked to Justin and talked about their abuse, and Justin replies with, Oh no, that's heartbreaking. You know what? You will get to own it and enjoy it. You need to be with someone who puts puts your pleasure at the same level as theirs. Not gonna lie, I kind of have kinks around what you just said, but I'm also so, so, so focused on my partner's pleasure above my own. What the fuck? Yeah, so this person is telling you that they were sexually abused when they were younger, and you're telling them... I have kinks that are related to that. Yeah, but that's so heartbreaking, and you and, and then dives back into the with the sexual talk when she's kind of spilling her heart out. Yeah, th- with the I'd be more focused on my my partners, but you know, yeah, I do be thinking about that terrible thing that's happened to you. With these messages, I guess it's like a tactic. I mean, it's grooming, obviously, but. Mm-hmm. It's like a tactic of how he kind of jokes around sexually at first, and then he makes it more obvious he's being, you know, sexual. Or he does stuff like that where he's like, oh, I'm so sorry for that, but then says he has a kink about it. So another person came forward on Twitter named Jana and says that they were groomed at age 16 when he was 39. Oh, Oh, sorry. Real quick. So is he like basically seeking out sexual abuse victims? It, I I can't say that for sure. I can't say that for sure. Um, it, the way it's put, it's more like he follows someone or messages them, says they're cute, they're hot, and they're a fan of Rick and Morty. So they just start talking normally because they're 16 in this case, but, you know, around those ages. And... Then they just talk and like he always brings it back to sex. Okay, I, I was just I was just wondering if it was going to be all the kind of same victim, but I'm sorry, interrupting. You go. So another person came forward named Jana and says that they were groomed at age 16 when Justin was 39. He messaged them saying they were so hot and talking about threesomes, and they talked through the years. But at age 20, they went to Justin's house for a party. Wanted them to kiss two other girls he had invited. They declined and drove themselves home. Now looking back at it, they definitely felt like they were groomed. Another woman claims in 2019, when she was 20, she met Justin on Tinder. His profile read, yes, it's actually me. Yes, I co-created Rick and Morty. Justin messaged her first, and although she didn't watch the show, she had heard of it. They would go to a bar and Justin bought her drinks because, again, she's 20, so not of age yet to buy drinks for herself. Mm-hmm. He would also take her shopping and buy her some clothes. And she claims from here they went to his hotel where she felt chores to give him oral sex. She says that he asked and she said no, but then he pushed her head down to his crotch. She says from the moment it happened, I knew that was not okay. But I felt guilty for asking him to buy me stuff. I felt maybe I owed it to him. And I was embarrassed. Yeah, that's what predators count on. Predators count on their victims being nice people and not wanting to ruffle feathers or thinking that they are uh, they have to give back and that uh, their predators are owed something. But that's because the predators outline it like that. He knew what he was doing. Buying this young girl all this stuff, plying her with drinks that she couldn't drink legally. And then at the end, it's like, well, can can you do this for me? And then you say no. And then instead of leaving, stopping anything, I physically put you in that position. 
then I'm scared. I'm thinking something worse is going to happen. I'm thinking you're saying, well, since I did this, you have to do this. And now you're not going to leave until you do this. Yeah. And here is, she shares screenshots of their text afterwards and it paints more of what, like what you were just saying. So Mm -hmm. she would show the text and she says, I know it's not black and white, but verbal consent is important. And he would text back, shit, yeah, I didn't, like question marks. I'm really sorry. That's not cool at all. Jesus, this is not me whatsoever. I I literally didn't get consent. And again, like a bunch of question marks. And I don't know why he's acting like, you know, he wasn't there. Obviously, he didn't get consent. Yeah, you try. They try to develop amnesia because victims rarely speak out, or they rarely confront their attacker. Attacker, so it's like she's coming to him, like straight up, and he's like he don't know how to handle it. So now he's trying to go with the whole I don't remember route. So she would follow that up with, I mean, you said after you thought it turned me on to be forced. I told you that I would have preferred it didn't happen. And he says, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm really sorry. And she says, I was like not consenting. I was like saying no and other things. This whole like over apologetic, but not really apologetic shit is crazy. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. You were there. You know what you did. And the fact that she has to remind you and the fact that you acted stupid is crazy. Like, you turn it around on her like, yeah, man. Well, maybe next time you should really make sure that I know. <laughs> That's kind of how it feels. Like, he's so oblivious. Like, he thought everything is okay. And so since she knew and felt like things weren't okay, it's like, well, damn. It's kind of like it gives the breath of it's not being said in, in, in the messages. But he's like, Ooh, well, maybe next time it'll be different. Or, oh, like, like he he's kind of excusing himself in his apologies. Yeah, just I mean, for him to say, according to her, saying that he thought she would like being forced. Like, was there any conversation with that? You just put that on her to force her to give you oral sets. I mean, yeah, it doesn't get more that. clear than saying no. Exactly. And there goes that whole thing to you, like intentionally or unintentionally being with sexual abuse victims. And talking about their trauma with them and then sexualizing their trauma. So it's like you you do blur the lines purposefully so that the women who mess with you are confused. Yeah. They leave the sexual encounter or the abuse or the violent encounter as, well, I, maybe I wasn't clear or maybe misunderstood. Whereas this woman knows and you're still trying to like gaslight her. Another girl said in September 2015, when she was 16, Justin followed her on Twitter, and she reached out first once she realized it was really him who followed her. And he says he followed her because she was super cute, but didn't know she was that young. And the message, he calls her jailbait and tells her once she turns 18, she should start cam-whoring his words. And this is another message he sent. When she says she had school tomorrow, he says, you should just run away from home and go into sex slavery, you stupid F-slur bitch. Okay. What the fuck? And he follows it with JK, and she texts back, you wish, you stupid bitch. And that's what I mean with these text messages, how they go. He's just, you know, they talk about daily things, and then he throws sex in there and makes it like, He's joking at first. It's like um, it's like a, a temperature check of his weird, outlandish, predatory behavior. I'm going to talk regular with you. I'll insert some weird, creepy, or sexual thing. Just uh, and then either end it with being sincere again or JK to see if you'll accept that weird, disgusting, creepy shit I just gave you. I, I guess it's like the true definition of grooming. You know, you you give them a little see how much they want and then like keep doing it until it's like a normal thing for them. Yeah, he's doing this with so many people. He's becoming like a pro at it, obviously. 
allegedly this man is just going through victims, texting all these different women, just seeing what works. And he's also, you know, texting saying he's drunk and just asking sexual questions, but he's mainly talking, the people who have come forward are teenagers. And people also share clips from his podcast where he jokes about being okay with 16-year-olds sending him photos. Again, it's not like that was secret, you know, it was out for the public to know, but he has this edgy humor, so... When stuff like this comes out, it seems like, oh, that rings true. Like, your nasty ass was trying to tell a joke that was a part of your real life, but we just didn't know it at the time. Because when people say things like that, and then these types of things are come out, and they're proven, especially with screenshots, and he was in contact with these teenagers for years, which is what you do when you groom people. You consistently stay in their lives enough to have a good relationship and a continuous contact. So it's like, yeah, yeah. This, this nigga was a, was a secret predator in plain sight though. He was, he was being nasty. He was telling people he was nasty, but he was, he was putting a JK in front of all of us in, in front of all of us. He was saying JK, but it was real. Yeah. <laughs> so January 25th, adult swim releases a statement that they have ended their association with Justin Roiland and Rick and Morty would continue without him. February 27th, The Hollywood Reporter puts out an article called Inside the Implosion of Justin Roiland's Animation Empire. Sources that chose to remain anonymous tell The Hollywood Reporter that Justin openly discussed threesomes in the writer's room. And he says it was part of the plot line, but the writers claim that they said nothing because they felt like, you know, it's just, it's weird. (laughs) It's Mm-hmm. Like, it, it wasn't part of the plot line. It, he was just, like, kind of bragging about threesomes. Yes. hmm Sources also claim during the third season of Rick and Morty, Justin was investigated for sexual harassment on one of the writers. This was also the first season to have female writers. Ain't that a bitch? This as, man be waiting. He is disgusting. Yeah, as soon as the woman did a job, he's... He's on. I mean, he was already disgusting, but this man, I feel like this man lays out plans. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Because first season, we first season, we have women writers and you immediately uh, a single one out to abuse. That's 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 planning. (laughs) So Cartoon Network, which is like there's Adult Swim Cartoon Network, you know? Yeah. So they declined to comment on the outcome of the investigation. And while Justin still did voice work, he no longer was part of the creative process. Again, around season three, he just stopped showing up. And when he did, it was more of a distraction than helping. And allegedly, Hammond co-founder Dan Harmon were no longer on speaking terms for several seasons. Sources claimed that a mediator was brought in, but it did not help the situation. (laughs) Then so I got away. I hid my sexual assault abuse for years. You just out here just getting exposed. The audacity. <laughs> two two out out there uh predators can't be on the same show. You've got to get lost, Justin. Yeah, I mean I I haven't looked into Dan Harmon's sexual harassment claims yet. So the article states that many of his former colleagues have not spoken to Justin in years, and when they have, it has been unpleasant. Hmm. And kind of a win for Justin. March 22nd, 2023, the domestic violence charges are dropped due to lack of evidence. Hmm. And Justin posted to Twitter, Justice, I have always known these claims were false. And I never had any doubt that this day would come. I'm thankful that this case has been dismissed. But at the same time, I'm still deeply shaken by the horrible lies that were reported about me during this process. Most of all, I'm disappointed that so many people were quick to judge without knowing the facts based solely on the word of an embittered ex trying to bypass due process and have me canceled. That it may have succeeded even partially is shameful. However, now that the legal case has ended... I'm determined to move forward, focus both on my creative projects and restoring my good name. 
Which story is it ain't my nuts, bro? Shut the fuck up. You trying to talk about one case. What happened is that case was a portal. It opened up to, I mean, it, it might not have been successful, but what it did is it showed the world who you really were. Because when they saw this case had finally maybe was going to go somewhere, people felt empowered to tell people the about the real you. So yeah, this one case got dismissed. And you don't have any other pending cases maybe uh, against you at this time, but you are still a pervert. You're still sick. You're still unprofessional. You still use power dynamics to your advantage to gain upper hand on women that you're interested in. So it doesn't, I mean, justice my ass. Sure. Lack of evidence doesn't say no evidence. So obviously there was something there where there's smoke, there was fire and definitely saw the fire under your ass. After she came with uh, all these other people came out with their allegations against you. Why yeah. don't you start talking about some of those things? Why don't you address those? You can't because you can lose. And you're losing the court of public opinion. He wasn't fired from Adult Swim until these new things. Like, I, I feel like they would have been okay with a little domestic violence. They didn't even comment on anything. Yeah. They were going to do a watch, wait, and see type shit, like the mother network, some other cowards. Yeah, it just got too hot for them. Exactly. Um, I also find it comical that he puts in here, um, what was it? Oh, that she tried to bypass due process and have him canceled. No, she literally was going through the courts with it. She stayed anonymous. She, like, she did not give an interview. She did not. Um, you know, this was three years of court that we did not know because she's not out there trying to cancel you, quote unquote, mm -hmm. cancel. She's literally going through the process. I just, it just speaks a lot when these people with accusations against them of this type act so holier than now when they feel vindicated. Like, yeah, that makes no sense. Canceled, bitch. We're not talking. This goes far past quote unquote cancellation. You are being called an abuser I, I i people are just so obsessed with the word cancel it's it's fucking crazy <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say we were obsessed with the word cancel to the point where shit like this really clouds your brain and you're talking about being canceled when the motherfucker was talking about suing you for the pain that you put her through wasn't nobody trying to be can't nobody trying to get canceled maybe she wanted you to keep your job so you could pay her restitution yeah it's Cancel is just like a catch-all for people who do wrong, celebrities who do wrong now. It's just, they're just trying to cancel me. Or what's the new thing everyone says? I'm, the Matrix I'm so is trying to get you. Oh. <laughs> I love that one. Every time someone drops down, like, ah. By September 13, 2023, 11 people have come forward with messages and, you know, sharing screenshots of being groomed. And it's thousands of messages between 2013 to 2022. Mm, so he's been like that's a long time to be doing that type of shit and not get caught he should be thankful i guess in some way that he was able to get away for with it for so long he, he was able to build his empire have his riches be an alleged uh um sexual abuser and then he gets caught and then nothing really happens to him except for his name is shit but he still gets to keep his money he still mm -hmm. keeps his accolades. He still keeps his nor nor notoriety, and he still get gets those fans who are like, "I knew, I knew that bitch was lying too. I've always stood beside you too. I hate women too. Never believe what they say too." Like he, get, I mean, he, <laughs> he doesn't lose anything. Um, I do want to say, just to put it out there, Justin's lawyers called these allegations false and defamatory. Um, Very defamatory. Before we end this, let's check in what Dan Harmon had to say about these allegations. In an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, he said, around season two, Justin said he felt like he was in Dan's shadow. He also confirms that Justin stopped showing up to work in the writer's room in season three. And while they would make up for a little bit, they hadn't spoke since 2019 after a confrontational text exchange. And Dan says, quote, Trust has now been violated between countless people and a show designed to please them. I'm frustrated, ashamed, and heartbroken that a lot of hard work, joy, and passion can be leveraged to exploit and harm strangers. Good statement on his part. 
And that's the best you can do, I guess. Yeah. Rick and Morty will return with new voice actors for their seventh season, which airs October 15th, 2023, which coincides when this episode will be released. Hey, I will say that, I mean, I think his, him getting canned was the best for um, Rick and Morty and the environment and the writer's room and all that, especially when I found out, like, like I said, he wasn't just like a predator in waiting. He was unprofessional. You not showing up on time and then not showing up at all. And then putting in very low effort. I think one of the things that was released, um, whether it was with like the Hollywood reporter thing or other, um, writers or whatever was that when he stopped, coming um like showing up to write and all that other stuff he was still getting credit but a lot of those episodes he wasn't really responsible for oh yeah he just came he did his voice work and that's it yeah so it's like anybody can do a voice if you want to be real there's millions of people in the world a lot of imitators a lot of voice actors who are waiting for the chance his dumb ass slipped up so now somebody has the chance that he's lost so you weren't really doing any writing um, your voice acting was great, but shit, we can get somebody at a at a fucking half the price now, which I'm I'm not advocating for low balling people. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um. So, and we don't have to deal with your toxic toxic ass um energy. You are not around us. You have no more input. I think the Rick and Morty writers, showrunners, and everybody else who's a part of that is probably. They don't give a fuck how the case turned out. They're just probably happy that Justin's gone and they view it as a win. I know I would. Yeah, I as soon as Justin realized he could not sexually harass his female staffers, he was like, I'm out. Yeah. You got investigated after you after you chose somebody. And then you're like, oh, Lord, Jesus Christ. Let me just stay at home and start texting these fucking teenagers at all hours of the day. See what they do. You know. Do you think Justin could come back from this? Is this, have we said farewell to Justin or we just seen more animations from him in the future? I probably will. Um, um, he's uh, well, well known. Um, he's a white man. Um, he still has connections and he still has a fan base. So yes, he's going to wait it out, um, wait out the shit storm, uh, let it pour. And then when it starts to clear out and you know, you know, those, those people, oh man, I kind of really miss Justin Roiland or it's not the same or it's about when those people eventually start creeping out, he's going to poke his head out. Like one of them little bitch ass pokey head or outers moles. Like them all. That's <laughs> you know, poke his head out like a mole and be like, oh, you missed me. Oh, somebody want to fund my new blah, blah, blah. He's going to be back on the scene. Unfortunately, I do not advocate for it. I do not think it's right. I do not think it's okay, but I do think it could happen. I don't want it to, but I think it could happen. Yeah, I feel like he definitely has a lot of that money laying around. He's going to maybe do a little, he'll, he'll do his little break, but then maybe a self-funded project a little bit, and then it's going to be picked up by a Yeah, figure. I can see that. The thing is that, because, I mean, all he has is time on his hands, time and money. Uh-huh. And the man is talented. But unfortunately, that man knows that he's talented. He uses his talent to um, prey on people and manipulate people. So it's like, who gives a fuck about your talent? I know people less talented and they ain't going to hurt a fly. But, you know. It kind of, I don't know. It kind of, that there's none of these women that have come forward, women and I believe some identified as non-binary but none yeah. of them have come forward none that have come forward are famous and i know that sucks to say but when you can't really put that face to something i feel like people are less likely to care yeah that in the fact that these people were just exposing justin but none of them filed any suits none of them took legal action reached out to his employers beforehand so this is all just an expo expose for the internet but it doesn't have any actual bearing on the things he does legally 
unfortunately. So he's still seen as a man who um, on paper hasn't done anything wrong. No, exactly. That's, I think that's a good place to end this. We do like to end every episode on a positive note with some form of media. We want to talk about, discuss, explore, shit on. I'm ready. I'm <laughs> ready. Okay, should I read Trisha first? Sure, read Trisha's. Because it's short and sweet. Oh, I love it. <laughs> she says, hello there, my favorites. I'm so excited that you're back. We just keep taking breaks and it's all Katrina's fault. And she... <laughs> First off, did you just sneak that in there? Uh, Y'all, just let me know if you want the messages. I got the screenshots. He can't lie on this one. There's some Paul Her Daddy stuff coming on here. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Free the the fathers. Um, Uh So she says, just want to share my media with y'all. I've been thoroughly enjoying the song Thank Goodness and Chuck E. Cheese by Queen Herbie. These songs are wonderful boost to my mood and mental health. Thank you, Jose, for suggesting her to all of us who were sleeping on her. Genius. Love you. Bye. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) When I saw that message, I loved it because I, Queen Herbie, does not get enough recognition. She don't. I haven't meant, we haven't mentioned her in a while, but for those listening, if you don't know who she is, she used to be in the group Carmen with her husband Mm -hmm. and they did covers on YouTube. I'm sure if you, you might not remember, but what if was you were on YouTube in the in the 2010s? You saw that woman. Yeah, she had that what, that twirl in her hair. She was rapping. She, she had the bump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she has rebranded as Queen Herbie, and I enjoy her music. I I think if you if you give it a try, you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I haven't listened to anything new recently, but yes, I do. <clears throat> I do have some Queen Herbie bops I love. She has a podcast with her husband, and I listen to it occasionally, but I like it. They were talking about one time about meditation and, like, dealing with negative emotions, and I've been, like, doing what they were saying in that, like, how are you meditating all that? I'm like, oh, I feel better. Oh, you know, my mother, not my mother, my grandmother told me I need to get into meditation. I haven't talked to her since. <laughs> <laughs> Meditation. Those are two I... separate statements. I just <laughs> happened to not talk to her since we had that conversation. Ever since she told you, like, girl, mind your fucking business. I'm so centered now. No, <laughs> I just never talked. When I meditate, I honestly, I can feel the difference, like, throughout my day. And I don't know why I don't do it more often. Like, once I, I I'll be doing good, like, doing it every morning, like, starting my day off with meditation, and then I feel good, and then I stop doing it, and I feel the anxiety again. <laughs> you're not doing the myth where you're supposed to do things for 14 days to build habits. So, uh, yeah, I don't like they said this a myth, but I be, I be trying to believe it. <laughs> oh, it's a myth. I heard. See, I, every time I do for something for 14 days, I'm like, why not do it now? It's a habit. Keep thinking that trick or <laughs> Um, But that was Trisha's media. Do you want to go next or other next? Other next. Is yours quick, or if you want to? Yeah, time quick. Want to talk shit? Okay, you uh, go Okay, I, I always like your medias. So my media is the Eras Tour movie. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Okay. Okay, so I have been trying to convert my niece, who's fifteen, to be a Swifty. The only thing. In my way is she's a huge Jake Gyllenhaal fan. So <laughs> I was like, oh, you're on fall break. Like, <laughs> let's go to the movies. And but then like the movie came out on Friday and I had to work that day. And I'm like, oh, we're going on Monday. And she's like, oh, I'll be back at my dad's house. So I was like trying to get her to do it. And by the grace of God, Taylor Swift released the movie a day early. Mm-hmm. So I was able to take my niece to see the movie. And she really enjoyed it. She really enjoyed it. And but she said, still a Jake. <laughs> no, she <laughs> I think I think I converted her. Damn. Okay. Um, but it was such an enjoyable time to watch the movie. I really enjoyed that. I got to take my niece there. We got all the merch. It was so fun. Oh my god. So popcorn. That's how I know I'm taking you to Beyonce. Jose. 
Give me the special popcorn bucket. I, okay. I, I bought one bucket for me, one for her. We both got tote bags. We got the matching cups. Like I said, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just... allow listeners back in the, I mean, I've already talked about this before, but Jose is not just my like best, best friend. He has also been my sugar daddy at different points in my <laughs> life. <laughs> this man has bought me many a snack, many a meal. <laughs> Okay, Trisha Paytas has always said that she treats money as, like, a flow. Like, you need to spend it to make it. And that's just how I live my life. Like, anytime I'm like... <laughs> which, it, it has worked out so far, knock on wood. I mean, anytime I'm like... Pleasure and play, uh, undefeated. <laughs> I forgot about pleasure and play. Those were my two cards. <laughs> one was for pleasure, one was for play. And when he... Feeling when he when he was when he was swimming in the money and we'd be at, at lunch, he'd be like, pick which one. <laughs> play uh, <or> play. <laughs> that's when I used to work like 80 hours. I miss it. Exactly. Jose would be on the couch for two hours and then wait, he'd work a full shift at one job, be on the couch for two hours to go work a shift at another job. And then come home and party. <laughs> like nothing was wrong. Uh. Those were the days when I was young. A little bit, man. Man, we should have, I should have changed my life a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but that was my media, the Eras Tour movie. And I'm so glad. Well, how do you feel about it? I mean, you talked about her. Did you, what did you like about it? Tell us about your experience, Jose. Okay. Well, one of my favorite songs is The Archer, and another favorite song of mine is Cardigan. Mm hmm. And she cut both of those from the movie. So really, are they like the less? Is it one of those like these are like the B side type of hits? So that's maybe why. Maybe the Archer, but not Cardigan. Oh. Cardigan was like the single for Folklore, the first single. So I was like surprised, and I don't know. It was the movie was great. The Reputation era was really great. I was convinced Taylor was going to show up at a movie theater. She did not. (laughs) (laughs) Just because, okay. She extended her show to Indianapolis, her tour. Mm -hmm. We're in Indianapolis, Snaptown, Indianimals. (laughs) And then... (laughs) Sorry, I hate the Indians. Okay, yes. (laughs) When the movie started, like, six workers came in and they were standing by the exit sign. So I was like, you know, elbowing my niece and like, uh, like look, 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 she's coming she's coming <laughs> but she didn't come <laughs> i hate that the thing is I, I i feel like that sometimes too where you feel something big might happen you know it might not but your hopes get up anyway and then it's like no we're because when we walked in like the person at the door who took our you know they stand our tickets because i pre-ordered she handed us like a photo of taylor I'm like, oh my god, this is so she can autograph it. Mm, you think maybe the workers were just Swifties too, and they just wanted to see the damn movie? I think so, because it was like the premiere. Mm, okay. Have you seen that one video of uh, the people at the Airs tour <laughs> in the circle <laughs> running around during one of her performances? I wanted my theater to be like that. My theater was very... I feel like they were like... The vibe was like Oh, or other people not singing. So, like, everyone was like singing very quietly a little. Well, let me uh, tell you what's not going to happen at the Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like the hardcore Swifties got their tickets on pre sale. So they were all on Friday. So ours was like, oh my God, I can go now. Oh, like maybe y- y- your theater was like the, oh my God, well, it, it just came out. Let's watch it type thing. Yeah. Mm, you weren't with the hardcore fans. No. You were with the little babies. The babies. I'm so a baby Swifty. You, I mean, I would say yes in terms of time, but in terms of energy and praise and hours spent listening, I think you're at expert level. So. Yeah. Okay. So her later albums, I definitely am more expert level, but I... I'm not bumping Fearless or Taylor Swift like that, like her first two albums. Mm. Oh, I my think... goodness. The surprise song, hashtag spoiler, in the movie. What? She has surprise songs in her fucking show, every show. 
One of them was our song. I'm like, fucking Katrina. That's all I could think of. Hey, it's <laughs> like an out lifetime on your window. Hey. And we're talking real slow because it's late and it's mama don't know. That's the part it's especially where I thought about you because you always hit that line. It's just something about it. But the thing is also, okay, so I I don't know what it, maybe it was the TikTok syndrome and the fact that anytime I heard Antihero playing on the radio, I turned it. It's just not my song. Mm. But apparently I've only heard one part of Antihero because I was driving me and my sister to work other day and i was hearing lyrics and i was fucking dying laughing and i said well maybe i like a little bit of this song it's when she's like where is this fucking part she's is it the sexy baby no it's not even this i have this dream my daughter-in-law kills me for the money <laughs> she thinks i left them in the wheels and then they read it and she's laughing up at us from hell. I was dying when I heard because it, it was going into you know the regular part, uh-huh. and then when it says I have a drink, I said, "Wait, well, I ain't never heard this part." And then when she said she thinks I left him in the wheel, I started dying laughing. Did uh, you see the music video yet? Nine. Nah, if I don't like the song, I usually don't watch the video. We're in the music video. Unless like, I'm hate watching it, which I don't hate Taylor. When that part comes on, when she says, you know. My daughter, my daughter-in-law killed me for the money. Mm-hmm. There's like a, like a little scene in the movie, in the music video where it's she's dead and her daughter-in-law's there with her son, her two sons, and they like mm. start they start fighting because they're like, I think you killed her. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I gotta watch it. Yeah, yeah I, that part I, took me out. There's so many parts in Taylor's. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not to go on a Taylor Swift tangent right now. I just. <laughs> okay. maybe next time yeah next time let's just not keep going down that road well um i do have media i do want to uplift but real quick i want to shit on this just because we be talking about the female rappers and they be talking about the payola they be talking about the industry plant they be talking about they ain't real you know they be talking you know cardi b nikki lotto make any female rapper they try to invalidate them right yeah but somebody needs to look into drake's and i'm gonna <laughs> tell you why when that slime you out song because i've been waiting weeks for this we ain't been on we ain't been on the airwaves when that slime you out song came out i thought that shit was terrible right Okay, uh-huh. it was the worst song in the world. But I thought it was stupid. And I definitely wasn't liking how you come on here talking about whips and chains, American slaves. No, this nigga from Canada didn't. <laughs> 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 but um, I just thought it was a terrible song. And then when I heard Charlotte makes the thing is, I don't even like The Breakfast Club, but they do rumor reports and I'm always nosy. So I, I always listen to the rumor reports and stuff like that. But when Charlamagne was like, Ain't nobody been talking about this song. And it's a Drake song. I was like, bitch, you right. I ain't heard nobody talk about this song. But then I see the very next day or the uh, two days later, it's supposed to be debuting at number one. I said, now that is payola. I, <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't even heard. Jose, let me tell you, I haven't had um, satellite radio in about six months. So I know the radio hits. I know what's getting played on contemporary radio, R&B radio, R&B and hip-hop radio, just the hip-hop, the country, the rock. I listen to all the stations. I know what's being played. Slime You Out has not come across any of the radio stations. I've heard bongos 10 times more than I've ever heard Slime You Out. <laughs> you know in the Titanic where Rose's mother is like, all we have is our name. We're just living off our name. Uh, yes. That's Drake right now. Like, I feel like He's living off his name that whatever he puts out, people are going to stream it. Like, no matter what, because they just, let me see what Drake is doing. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean it's good. But I personally don't think that Drake has the lasting power that he used to. Um, His songs do not make that big of an impact. And I think what proves that is how fast he's knocking out these these albums. albums. These albums. And in each album, he has to, you know... I'm not one who says, like, you know, stay out of women's business and all that. But I feel like Drake loves to put himself in women's business. Drake loves to... He's never, like, beefing with guys anymore. He's like, all these are just to the females. The mm-hmm. Like, 
who he diss on this one? He dissed um, that Bobby girl. He dissed. Damn, dissed what this was it? I didn't hear the diss. I should have. I knew I should have watched that damn video. <laughs> there was a video talking about all the Drake's disses, but I was like, I don't feel like watching that. <laughs> I mean, it was I didn't all care. to females. He dissed Rihanna. Oh, I'm, that Rihanna and ASAP thing. Talk about being hurt. Talk about yeah. being hurt. <laughs> Because they neither one of them people said nothing about you. Like when you take shots, I feel like it should make sense. If he would have shot at anybody who he's beefed with before, I would have understood. But when when did Rihanna and ASAP do anything to you? They ain't released no music saying anything about Drake. I just feel like Drake is such a bad lady now. Like he relies on shock value and his name. Yeah. Because yeah. It's straight his name and it's people are gonna tune in. People are Want that nostalgia of when they had when Drake was it when he was putting out those big hits that people would listen to, but it's I mean, not the, happening. Yeah, my, minus honestly, never mind his all his albums. Even yeah, coming up to his first album to uh, Scorpion, all his albums from then that run had a lot of hits, both on the radio and hits that were just known. Like, like just came out and then ever since he's gotten less um he's he's always had at least one to two radio hits but usually 60 to 70 percent of the rest of the album can be thrown away and is forgotten um i don't know i will say unlike the diddy album the other albums i've talked about i have not listened to the for all the dogs album um, i'm probably not going to i really like i said the the Bus and me and Drake have passed. I barely listened to her loss and I kind of like 21 Savage. So I think I'm okay on listening to this project. I just wanted to talk about that particular song because I thought it was stupid. I thought it was crazy that it debuted at number one. I think it's crazy that he's tying what he's about to tie or surpass Michael Jackson for number ones. I mean, doesn't say anything about quality. <laughs> Somebody said, hurry up, everybody stream Thriller. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I'm not a Drake hater, uh, per se. I just don't like the Drake from the last five or six years, really. Real, and honestly, a solid four years, but six is when I really didn't care for who he was as a person. I was just listening to the music. He just seems a little childish. He's not the only one, but he's the biggest artist. And so it's like when he does it, it's like a microscope. It's like, oh, we're focusing on your ass. Which, you know, that whole beef he has going on right now with Joe Budden and everything. You you can pick uh, your side. But Joe, you know, he was right. He was right when saying that Drake's raps are not maturing. Drake is still in that, like, mindset of when he was young, when he was a boy. Like, I, I how old is Drake? Like, I feel like, why is he still rapping like this? I, I don't know. It's just, it's very off-putting to me. Yeah, and the thing, I once again, I yeah, I'm not a big Joe Budden fan, but I watched, first of all, there's a couple things happening online. They're cutting that fucking Joe clip up because I actually went back and watched the episode because they start the episode off talking about the album. Mm-hmm. He talks about the fact that he likes the album, but in giving his critiques about the album, one of them, a few of them are that he's not really maturing or talking about life his life or what he's going through in his raps at all. But everybody's just seeing that two or one and a half minute clip where he's, he's just saying like, you're, you're acting like you're younger than you are. I don't want to see you with these young people. Uh, You're not the person you used to be and all that other stuff. But he said a lot of positive things. I think it's what a lot of people are saying, which is Drake is just, he, I don't know. He <laughs> he he's mad, but also it's like he's trying to like prove that he's like this gangster. Like he responds, he don't back down. But also, people are never going to forget that you back down a lot of times in your beefs. You don't yeah, mean he- what you say in your raps, and you're from Canada. I was about to say Canada. <laughs> you're from Canada. You're from the suburbs. You know. You didn't have too much strife in your life, and you picked up very well. I'm not believing this gangster shit you writing and saying in on Instagram in your raps at all, because every time you've had a chance to prove that you were about it in your raps or online, 
you've never been able to. I mean, you got smacked by Diddy and and wore a hat out to hide the bruise the very next day. Did you see he put green light on his, I think, Instagram? No. About Joe Biden, like, you know, oh, you got the green light to go after him or whatever. It's like, Drake, come on. Who said that? Drake did. The green light for what? His fans? He just put, let me look it up real fast. I have to know because I ain't, I ain't knowing this part. I ain't he caught up. it. Oh, like a bitch. See, that's the other thing. Oh, no, it wasn't Joe. It was Andrew Tate. Sorry, I'm getting it confused. Andrew Tate? Uh huh. Bro, your ass should be, what is it called? Laying low. What, what are you getting into some beef for? Because he was, this is what he said. Imagine being from Canada. Imagine saying I'm a man. From where? From Canada. What does that... That doesn't go together. What are you talking about? Wait, you're a man from Canada? No, can't be. No, no, I'm a man. No, you're not, bro. Of course you're not. There's no man in Canada. Fucking joke. That's Andrew Tate. Oh, Lord Jesus. And then Drake commented, green light, with a laughing emoji. Who's that DJ who loves Drake? What's his name? Where he's like, Drake, 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 DJ Academics. Yes! (laughs) I love that video. (laughs) And oh then my they falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, people are fucking crazy. Okay. We have to do a Drake episode. We have so much to say about him. We do. One day. Okay, so actually, let's get into the media that I actually did want to uplift. The real media. I'm sorry. Um, If you made it this far. So, my media is uh the, sh- the song. The song uh Stay Gold by First Aid Kid. Now, to my knowledge, these are kind of like uh, alternative, folky type of duo. It's two women um, or two people. I don't, I don't know if anybody identifies differently. I'm sorry. I didn't look them up. But I've known this song for years and years. And this, I only know two songs by them. But um, what happened was, you know, as me and Jose have mentioned before, we went to college together after high school. But I've always been broke as pocus. So um, getting back and forth to and from school during breaks was a hassle um, after Jose left and I continued to go to college for one more semester. <laughs> <laughs> well, you transferred, you transferred. Don't yeah, yeah, I did transfer. <laughs> but um, at that school, I did not, <laughs> did not do anything. Um, so one of the few times where, you know, um, my mother gathered up enough money and she drove me back to uh, school. We were in my grandmother's truck, which is only a two-seater, and it was one of those old Silverados, didn't get air, didn't get heat, and um, at this time, the radio was stuck on AM. No, it was stuck on um, one of those channels where it's like music you don't listen to, like folk music, I guess. And this song came on and me and my mother just really enjoyed it. We just rolled out and listened to it and vibed and just, I don't know. It's just one of those memories. You're driving down that long ass highway down back to school where you don't see shit. It was hot. I'm stuck in the car with my mama. We got sandwiches. We're just trying to make it there. She's spending her last dime to get me there. She's taking off work to make sure that I get there safe. And I'm just listening to this beautiful song sharing space with my mother i was just think about it and it's a decent song so with me i love music but also memories attached to music really like enhance it for me so uh, i always listen to that good. song with a smile on my face so check it out if y'all are into that type of thing i think it's a really great song um you see a stay golden by whom uh it's stay gold by first aid kit first aid kit Okay, I'll, I'll give it a listen. I'll give it a go, Joe. Give it a go, Joe. <laughs> and I'm officially done with all my rants. Um, oh, oh, oh. I am and always will be a Jada Pinkett Smith apologist. I just wanted to end the episode with that. Y'all y'all never bringing my girl down. Never. And you, I'll go one step further. Shane, I'm not going to apologize for her. I ain't apologizing for her either. Yeah. In fact... You said that, Jose. We stand 10 toes down. Uh-huh. I don't know, Will. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going to discuss her at a later date, I yeah. know for a fact. Um, so I don't want to get too much into it. But yeah, stay tuned. Stay tuned. That's Jada, just a tidbit. 
Keep Jada's name out your mouth. Keep Jada's name out your motherfucking mouth. All right. That's a good way to end it. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Let us know. Let us know anything. Whatever yeah. you want. Uh-huh. Let us know. Thank you so much. And keep the reviews coming. We've gotten a few lately. And it always makes it's either one or five. That's what we did. One or five. One or five. I'm gonna tell you, I enjoy all the reviews. Um, I do prefer if the one stars would tell us why, just because I'm a nosy bitch. <laughs> but like I said, any and all reviews you take the time to leave, I appreciate them and I'm gonna read them. No matter how nice, no matter how mean, no matter how neutral, it's good because I I just like feedback. Come on, Janet Jackson. Feedback, feedback. <laughs> just so you know, though, anytime I get one under five, my first thought is the fucking podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't make them do that. Don't make them end it. Don't make me because I will. I will. I'll turn this car <laughs> right around. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> But let us know your thoughts and opinions about Justin Roiland. Should he be forgiven? What do you think about these allegations? Um, let us know who should we cover. Let us know your medias. Send them in. Our email, saveyourstory at gmail.com. Our Instagram is saveyourstory, spelled just like the podcast. Okay. And that's it. We'll be back soon. We have a lot in store. So be prepared for a whole lot more. Hey, I like it. I like it. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. It's been wonderful. Bye. See ya.